I'm Yoshi. And I am Renee. And we would like to welcome you to the 40 Spot, where we discuss everything about being 40s, the highs and the lows, and everything actually in between. And while you're here, if you're a repeat um, listener, a fan, we're glad that you have tuned in again. If you are new, thank you. Um, for tuning in, we hope that you enjoy this show. You can always catch all of our um, previous shows on anywhere where you get your Spotify. Um, on Spotify, but anywhere you get your podcast. So like, comment, subscribe, share, yeah. hit the notification bell on YouTube so that you will know when we're going live on YouTube. Tell everyone, your coworkers, your friends, your family, everyone. And again, thank you and welcome to the 40 Spot. Yes, and on today's episode, we are celebrating mothers and the many hats that they wear uh, and the balancing of motherhood and entrepreneurship with our guest, Erica Freeman, who is a realtor and mompreneur. So, but first, we're going to get into our While We're Out segment, and this is where we discuss news, entertainment, and personal experiences that we that have occurred since our last show. So, first on the docket, what is it, Miss Renee? Yes, um, something that I am in support of, there's a new Tennessee law that says if you have a DUI and you kill someone in a car accident that is a parent to a child that is 18 years old or under, you will have to pay child support for that child. Oh, wow. And if you end up going to jail, because the charge would be vehicular homicide, you have one year to pay, start paying child support for that child or those children. And it's not based off of what you pay. I mean, you make, it is going to be based off of that parent's contribution to that child. So if you mess around and you driving under the influence and you kill a lawyer's child, honey, you just bring home a check stub because all your money is going to be shifted over there to them. Wow. Yes. Dang. I like it. I agree with it too. I mean, I, oh, you absolutely. Are, you're taking out away a parent who's going to be the provider for a child. And it doesn't matter if there's another parent involved. Well, this child had two parents. So mm-hmm. you are responsible and we have to be responsible drivers. That's just the bottom line. Absolutely. Now, I wonder how long? Like, is it until they're 18 or is yes. it like, okay. So. Until they're 18, not like if they go, like typical child support, if the child goes to college and stuff like that. It's not to that. It's still up until they are 18 years old. Okay. They are not taking in consideration of what you make. They're not taking in consideration. Do you have other children and that you're paying for them? Because the way that it's reading is that you have taken a vital person who would be doing the up, you know, the upbringing, the rearing, that part can't be done by them. So they're not expecting you, if you kill a parent, you you can't come take care of the child. You, you guess what? You ain't you definitely not going to be rearing those children, but you you will have to have some financial um support with them. And being in Tennessee, especially Deep South or Red State, a lot of times they can lag in some things. But I think this is one thing that they definitely has gotten right. And I hope that all 50 states and U.S. territories follow suit quickly. Quickly. 
And I think if this is successful, it will catch on pretty quickly. Oh, absolutely. And um, I think, um, you know, the organization Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, um, mm -hmm. MAD, and I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of other um you know, support groups and large interest groups and stuff that are towards, you know, people who have lost people or been, you know, disfigured or, you know, that quality of life has definitely went down since they had started, um, you know, doing, um, you know, um, started, oh, I got a little brain for it. Yeah, this 40 years old, honey, get you. Um, I think with that and then they lobby, once they get hold of this, they definitely want to push, push, push that narrative and try to get all 50 states to get on board. If not, they're definitely going to try to make it not just to be a state law, that it is going to be a federal law. So if it, they get that, it ain't going to matter. And I wonder if it'll expand beyond death, because if you have a parent who no longer is able to work, Ooh, you know, that's good. That's never thought about that. A financial burden. And it's a parent who maybe it's a parent who is paralyzed from the neck down. So the caring that they would do for their child, yes, they can be there emotionally, but the physical being there and being mm -hmm. able to do things that they now can't do. So I I mean, I know everything is just one step at a time, but I wonder if that would um that would grow a little bit bigger. Oh, I'm pretty sure because, you know, with any law, they end up getting lots of amendments. And then, as you said, even though you may have some people that are physically disabled, but then their mind is there, but then you have some people where they're physically fine, but they've had these traumatic brain injuries where they no longer can um, function normally. Right. You know, and to be able to contribute. And as we all know, um, getting disability checks and stuff like that once a month, that's going to put a financial strain on a person because everybody don't get the same amount because it's based off of what you was making. But definitely what you could have been making has drastically decreased. Because and also when you, go and you think about uh, with child support. Child support oh, yeah. comes from the, the the money comes from the government, and the same thing with disability. And so they would prefer to get it from an able bodied uh, parent or yeah. someone responsible. So I that's I definitely can see this expanding much further out. Oh, absolutely. And um, also, you know, just um, you know, thinking of everything um about it um in terms of that, I know at least as far back as I can remember, um. It was always against the law mm -hmm. to to be under the influence driving because a lot of people think it's just drunk drivers. It's not just drunk drivers. If you are under the influence, even if you're under prescription medication, but right. if they put it in there, do not operate a car or heavy machinery and stuff like that. You are liable because whether you read it or not, the information was given to you. So is this um, specific to? Drunk drivers or this? No, it's just DUI driving on the influence. Okay. And that's that that's you know, under the influence, it it covers all yeah. of those type of things. And um now you you really can't say, Oh, well, I did not know because like I said, as far back as I can remember, driving under influence was against the law. So anybody who gets on the wheel of the car and they're driving under influence is definitely it's a poor choice, but guess what? It's a choice. 
and, it is a choice. And, you know, at the end of the day, I know people don't, you know, go out and say, I'm going to drive and kill someone. But there are consequences to making those decisions um, with a non-sober mind. Most times you're making that decision, you know, and you're not sober. So you just have to be responsible in drinking and smoking weed and taking your medication. If you know you need to go and do something, you need to run to Walmart, wait till you come back. You know, I mean, that it, this should not be the thing that makes people do what's best for the community, but maybe it will because do you want to be paying child support? But speaking of paying a lot of money, honey, All right. Elon Musk then paid $44 billion with the B. With a big old B, not a million dollars, a billion dollars. $44 billion. How many people are there in the world? Because I feel like he gave us all a cool million. I think it's about like 7.8 billion people. So someone had did that, man. 7.8 billion people. So he gave more money. Yeah, that was like, you could almost give everybody. (laughs) And he really wanted to solve world hunger. He could have, huh? Well, this was the thing. Someone had posted like... um about the world, like, oh, it costs X amount of money and it will solve the world's hunger problems. Who? And who? He, who did it? The um, it was it was it was, was some type of like government agency or something like that. Organization posted that, and he yes, he's gonna give them the money if they could prove it. Right. They could not prove it because. It's one thing, like, okay, well, we can give everybody a meal. Maybe we can feed everybody for one month, but can you actually end world hunger? And when you think about it, because a lot of places, it is so political because you have certain governments and stuff. They starve their people out and stuff like that. So you can't just throw money at everybody. He could have tried. He threw money at Twitter. I'm just saying, Twitter, Twitter. Mm -hmm. You threw money at Twitter, you could have definitely threw money at trying to solve world hunger. Well, you know what? I don't do. Nobody's stopping me from getting a billion. Okay. This this is true, but um, and I grant I haven't followed Elon Musk, you know, for the course of his career. I think I followed him more once I got into cryptocurrency and stuff to really see what is his plight you know, for the world in itself. And I think his stuff is more with IT and, you know, those type of different things. But there is a good thing about um what he's doing because he, he tweeted out earlier today or sometime within like the last day and a half about Twitter is still like not the number one source of like social media site. It's another one and it's because it's privatized and then they do not censor people for um, freedom of speech. So to be honest with you, us as being black, I think it is good because you remember last summer or maybe two summers ago when like you put hashtag black or BLM and you know some of those social media sites like it wouldn't let you do it. So I think I, I don't think it's go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't think it's all that bad. You know, yes for one thing, but that's 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 things that I believe in, right? But there's other yes. things I don't believe in that shouldn't be. You know, freedom of speech does not mean you get to say whatever you want to whomever you want. I don't believe this is true. And so if that's your goal, 
all the other stuff is going to get mixed up in it. You know, all the stuff that, you know, people should have a muzzle on them. People, yes. you know, people use social media to galvanize in good ways and bad ways, to radicalize people, whatever side you on. And it's, so it's just interesting. Yes. Um, Yetta said in the comments that I don't understand why people think if you become a billionaire or a millionaire, you should do something about homelessness or world hunger. I'm just trying to understand, which I do understand that. Um, <laughs> she said, I need to hit him up for some shit land. I understand that too, because these billionaires, they are buying up property just like China is buying up property everywhere because that is one resource that there's you're not getting any more of mm -hmm. as far as land. But I, I I will say that, you know, sometimes people, they make their money. And if you look at what he's always done, it's been tech. Like he's, he's a philanthropist in some right, but not, you know, everywhere. But it's like, okay, y'all press Bill Gates and Bill Gates. Now he just, um, He's over something else, but then when you look at some of the projects and stuff that they're funding him and um, Melinda Gates, it's like, I don't know if I really want these billionaires doing some of this stuff that they're doing. Well, I don't so, feel why I feel. I don't feel all billionaires are responsible for homelessness. I don't, true. I feel like government needs to get out a lot of things because that's a lot of times what has stopped a lot of people from growing. But that is a, a topic for another um, yes. thing. I think specifically Elon Musk, why I say that um, is because for you to say that you want to pay for this, right? So if you say you are willing to prove it, if they prove that you will pay, then that means you want to do something about it. So that's why I'm like, well, I would, I wish you would have tried. Well, that's, that's, yeah, and that's why I said that. I think of feeding the homies. You know what I mean? It's so, it's so political and stuff like that. But I do know that there are a lot of people who do have money. They do stuff in secret where people, you know, they you know, they they writing checks and they're not always out because when you think about it, every celebrity, they out during Thanksgiving and Christmas doing all this other kind of stuff. But it's like, guess what? People need stuff throughout the whole year. And I think some people, they do stuff and they give and they give anonymously. Yeah. And, and stuff I mean, like he that. may well be in his right of being a philanthropist. He yes. may be that person. But again, my, and I think for people who have said something about him feeding the hungry, it really points back to that um, thing. I don't know if it was early in the year, early, um, the end of last year where that happened, where he's like, oh, well, if you can prove it right, I, I you know, I'll help. And yes. so it's kind of like, how much proof do you need when you want to just buy Twitter for $44 billion? It's his choice. Now, unless he was going to come directly to my house, I probably wouldn't even send a cent of the money he gave to the government to give to me. <laughs> That is what's real, but you know, that's what I'm like, when you could have tried, you know what I'm saying? That's true. I don't just send money to all the addresses and all the one nobody lived at, it'd be like, return the center. <laughs> but on another note, you know, because we, as being um, black people of the African diaspora, you know, uh, there's been a lot of oppression, but. Thanks be HBCUs for those who yes. know historically black colleges and universities. They have been killing it lately. Black star power. Just this is a great time to be black. And if you are a alumni, you have family members, whatever, like guess what? 
this is everybody. This is everybody, whether you went, you graduated, you went to a homecoming somewhere or whatever like that, even if you follow someone's page, this is the time HBCUs, we are killing it. We're going to start off with Spelman College gets a new president, Dr. Helena Gale. She's replacing um, Mary Schmitz Campbell, who is planning to retire at the end of June. So, um, we definitely know that she's stepping into big school, big, big shoes to fill because Spelman um, is in Atlanta. For those who do not know, it's an all-female college HBCU, and that's the number one HBCU in the country right now. So we just wish her the best for her tenure that's there and that she just continue to do the best for the ladies there at Spelman College. That, that is so awesome. And I just love how, you know, HBCUs are getting more attention um, and representation. You know, we know about them because we, you know, we went to HBCUs and a lot of uh, Black people know about HBCUs. But the fact that they're getting more attention, I think that draws in because although we know about them, every Black person don't know about HBCUs. Every no. Black person doesn't know how many people who they see on television have gone to HBCUs. And so... I think it's just amazing all the attention they're getting. Like even with Spelman and Morehouse, they were just um they did that ad with Polo, you know. Yes, yes. Looking which, looking like looking looking rich. Classic, yes. very, very classic. classic. <laughs> um and and I I um if anybody get a chance, please, you know, go over there to um Ralph Lauren Polo um, website so that you can see the spread, the ad, like it was their own location. Yeah. They use all sorts of type of people. So it wasn't just like, oh, we just want all these light skinned, mm -hmm. you know, biggest looking just, people. No, like, they uh, had locks, they had froze, they had it all. So the representation was not just, oh, this is black people. Like you seen yourself with this. This wasn't all just the little skinny people, the guys looked it good. It, it was it was a good, 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 good um photo shoot. Um the the clothes and stuff were were great. And if anybody familiar with the brand, you know, Ralph Lauren, he makes good quality products that yeah. will last. So I was very, very happy for that. Um and also, they did a campaign um, for Juneteenth as well. They were selling stuff in their stores, and then that money was going to HBCUs. So I can definitely say that billionaire okay. is giving back <laughs> black. And he's, he's, black. he's right. giving some of his dollars. Um, he's giving some of his dollars. And if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, because I could be wrong about this, I think it was said that they will be actually doing campaigns with other HBCUs. So I, I want to say yes, ladies. which is great because people don't know, people just know like the big HBCUs. They'll know Morehouse, they'll know Spelman, they'll know Howard, you know, FAMU, you know. Xavier. Some of those, Xavier, like the top 10, 12, but a lot of times some people do not know some HBCUs are very small. Right. Um, such as like yourself, Fisk University, which is you know an elite. It's it's an Ivy League. I would say, although we're small, we're small and mighty. <laughs> but right. a lot of people don't know about Fisk. 
Yes, because I remember um, when I came up here, my sister, she's an alumni of Fisk, and the basketball team played Clark Atlanta. So we're down there at Clark, and then it was so many people was like, oh, where is Fisk? I've never heard of that. And it was just like, oh, it's in Nashville. Then it was like, how close is it um, to Meharry, or how close is it to Tennessee State? And it's like, it's literally right across the street from um, Meharry, and it's like just a couple of streets down from Tennessee State. But it was good that it was so many people that was there that wasn't aware, but then now they knew, you mm-hmm. know, but but they knew Meharry. They knew That's Tennessee cool. State. But they didn't know Fizz. So, you know, the more, more, more things that these HBCUs are doing and and they're on a big stage, this is just, it's just going to be great. It's just yeah. going to be great. I'm excited for it. Yes. And speaking of HBCUs, well, we have a couple of things for HBCUs, okay? Which yes. We're very excited to talk about. Um, but the next one is Xavier University became the first HBCU to win the 2022 uh, NAIA National Championship. This is a cheer championship, the first. And how exciting is that for them? Again, representation, doing their thing. Um, yes. That is it's amazing. It's amazing. Good, great things are happening. Yes, I was excited because in high with from junior high throughout high school, I cheerleaded. So you know, I still always going to have a passion for that. I still watch mm-hmm. um, cheer competitions, um, high school and collegiate on television if I can catch it. Really? So yes, girl, I am a cheerleader at heart. One of my cousins, she used to run track and cheerlead. She was like our older cousin, and it was just like, hey, I want to be like you when I grow up. So shout out to my cousin Teresa. So that was like I wanted to cheerlead so bad. And I just I like that. But then when you look like if you get a chance, you can always go like on YouTube to see their routine. Their routine, I it was out of this world. It was just kind of like, wait a minute, I need to watch it again because they had <laughs> so much of stuff. I mean the athletic ability and stuff. And um the I guess it was like their 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 coach um mm-hmm. and i guess the captain and maybe co-captain um they did an interview on roland martin's um unfiltered on youtube where they changed the rules so many times to try to disqualify them to get them out and, so stuff. And, then, <laughs> and speaking of you because you know like sometimes it, you know, you be in school and it's just like, Lord, this was hard. I hope this teacher grade on a curve. They still was kind of like, quote unquote, graded on a curve to try to get these other schools hoping okay. and praying that they was going to, you know, be better than them. And it's just like it was undeniable. Mm-hmm. I'm like everybody. Just like how you could do those little videos where like you can duplicate yourself and like everybody is like on the yeah. same. That's how it was. Like it it just gave me chill bumps. One, because it was like, this is the first time I'm seeing this. You yeah. know, it's all of us here on this national stage because a lot of times you don't see HBCUs. Um it, and yeah. obviously they compete, but you don't see them in those finals and stuff like that, or whatever they end up putting on the television, they don't highlight them mm-hmm. and stuff. So it was just like 
it, it's it's amazing. It's amazing, which we already know that it's amazing. So this was the first HBCU ever. Mm-hmm. But guess what? We done broke that glass ceiling. So guess no, what? Move no. over eyes <laughs> because you know once we get in there, we 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 shut it down. We take it over. I mean, look at any sport. And a lot of times the sports we created, but they took it over. But guess what? We taking it yeah. back. Yeah. So it was it was great. So um, and this will definitely get them to now um the. NAIA competitive cheer national championship. So they won the NIA just at intercollegiate. So guess what? It's it's on to the next one. On to the next one. They go kill it because everybody else now they looking at oh my god, is this is what it is and stuff and is they not ready? They're not ready. Well, Xavier also uh, have. Uh, announced that they plan to open a medical school. So Xavier is doing all of the things. <laughs> yes, yes. And I and I really applaud them for, and it's not just a medical school, it's going to be a health sciences um, school as well. So people who want to do like master's degrees, PhDs, um, and other things. So you're going to see a lot of research and everything that comes out of that um, university. And this also gives, even more um, opportunity for us black people to be at those higher levels of um, medicine and stuff. Because since about 1995, there's been a decrease, a, a steep decrease in um, African Americans and black people in general going into medicine. But I know firsthand how hard it is to get in. I don't think that there's been a decrease in people that's trying to get in. It's mm-hmm. just that, oh my God, it's just so layer, layer, layer to try to filter people out. Um, exactly. And, and I would say they're probably face the same struggles that even like you talk about the teens, the, how they kept changing the rules. And yes. so when you're facing those struggles, you're not able to just study and to just come to show up and perform. You're facing everything else. And anyone who went to HBCU knows that is w- one of the bigger differences that it's like I'm in school and because this is a predominantly black school and we say predominantly because sometimes you'll have other people that have come to the school mm-hmm. but you know that you know, it's not something that's designed for you to fail. Other schools, they do things designed for us to fail. Maybe not teachers, maybe not specific professors, but they do. They change the rules. The, rule, the rules that, that are in there. They'll give certain students certain things and other students, they won't get the information. And that's one thing you don't have to worry about when you go to HBCU. So having that, like you said, it's not that less people have tried. It's just how many have tried and have been stopped, you know, time yeah. after time. And it's crazy because when you hear conversations of people who have gone on to medical school and they talk about how horrible their grades was, people who are not black, who talk about how horrible their grades were and how their 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 uh, parent talked to somebody or they were able to take an exam more than once. It's amazing. Like, okay, <laughs> let me just yes. never to see you if I need to go to the hospital. 
Exactly. Um, but I definitely think that it's great if what they're doing, and this is, as we already said, that whatever they have did to be able to get that charter, because I'm pretty sure this may have been something that they have been trying to do for, it could be 20 to 30 years, mm-hmm. you know, before they was actually able from the United States to be able to get this, um, to get this, uh, um, charter to be able to start the school and everything so that you can put out more black doctors because right. that's what we need because you have Howard University, Morehouse School of Medicine, and um, Meharry. Those are the only three HBCU um, medical schools. So this will be the fourth and there are other larger schools that I think who knows? They they could be trying to do the same, but you know, once you get that ceiling broke, because right now there is a shortage of doctors, right? And I and maybe sure. <laughs> yes, and maybe you know it it took that. Guess what? The average doctor is those last people in the baby boomers, and they're getting ready to retire. My mother yeah. is um, you know, one of the last baby boomers, so she's sixty four years old. So those people that's in their sixties and onward, those are part of the baby boomers. They get ready to retire, yeah. and a lot of those physicians, they're not seeing patients so much. They're doing more administrative. They they already put in their work. You know, they, right. they 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 do. So you got to have something somewhere. And for people to to do so, I I definitely think this is great. Um, I know there's going to take um, them to build a school and stuff, but I hope that they have a wait list. If not, they they won't be the traditional, oh, we're just going to take one one class per year. Um, The file class, no. Do like some of the Caribbean, they have three classes, they have two classes, and then they put out more more physicians than some of these other, um, you know, PWI medical schools. So it's great. And speaking of this, um, we go a little bit still in El- Now we go back to Atlanta. Yes. Morris Brown College gets full accreditation after almost 20 years. So the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools, they have reinstated their full accreditation, which is absolutely amazing. It is great for the students, for people who are you know, I always wanted to go there, but they couldn't go there because it wasn't a wasn't accredited school because they know for what they wanted to do later on, whether it's um, graduate school or some other, you know, type of terminal degree, they wasn't able to attend there because it wasn't accredited. So I am very, very happy for the staff and the students there to the alumni that's there. And I'm just looking for great things to come from out of there. You know, what's crazy is, you know, this is the 40 spot. We're in our 40s. <laughs> and when no. I, I know, girl. But when I first read it, it was like, oh, um, 20 years, right? And I was like, but I remember when it happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do remember because I was in college and I remember, you know, some more Morris Brown students coming over to Fisk. Uh, so it's interesting that we were actually able to see that transition and I'm very happy for them. I'm happy for those uh, who actually stayed on because I believe some 
finished out some programs um, because I think they had some of their accreditation. They just didn't have full accreditation. I am not sure of all those details, but it is an amazing thing. And how much greater is it for us to have, you know, this opportunity now, especially again, especially with um, HBCUs getting the attention that they so deserve uh, after all this time. Yes. So, um, and I'm pretty sure it definitely came with a, a huge change of um, leadership because I remember when that was happening as well because it was it was big news. It was huge news. Wow. And um, I remember a girl from my hometown, her plans was to go there and she was like, I can't go there now. And um, she ended up going somewhere else, but her heart was set on that. But this is why they end up um, getting getting their accreditation um, pulled because of the school's ballooning debt and the president and financial aid director, they were put on probation after pleading guilty to embezzlement charges. So you can't get the wrong people in there and everything. But even just talking about just the ballooning debt, we know that HBCUs, whether it's public or private, they don't get the funding as PWIs do. Um, at all. And then a lot of times, yes, you do have alumni that comes out of there, but a lot of people, you have probably 90% of the student population, they do have student loan debt. Biden, Camilla, I'm going to need y'all to come to the front of the congregation because y'all, y'all ain't did right what y'all said y'all was going to do. So, and then sometimes, as black people, as we get into the corporate world, because it is true that there's um, huge wealth gaps and it goes back to what we are making. So sometimes you're not making the money that you could be making as your 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 white counterparts to be able to give back right. like 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 you like you want to do, because mm -hmm. I like everybody else when I was. In school, it was just like, man, I hate the school, hate the school. But now, don't you say nothing bad about Tennessee State? Like once you look, once you get over there, over that home, it's just like whole up. Yes. You know, it become family. Like, nah, you would not be. No, you will not. You will not be talking crazy about my school. Exactly. And I think this points to. I mean, I'm glad you brought up that point about what happened to them because that points to the importance of us giving back. And it really doesn't matter how much. You know, of course, the more you can, the better. But if you can do $25 a month, yes. $10, it, whatever you can do, do that because the school needs it. And, you know, I know a lot of times we feel like I gave them a lot of money. <laughs> okay. Gave them a whole lot of money. But um, yeah. especially uh, some private schools. So you only got a certain amount of money from the state and then you had to come out with other things. But you know, it's important, especially if you know your school is doing great things with the students. You know, we, we all have different experiences, but, you know, we need to do our part to keep um, our schools alive. Absolutely. Yes. So we are now going to transition to our topic for the oh, day. One, one more one yes. more thing. One more thing. Since we, I had said something about Biden and Camilla. Camilla Harris, um, our oh. VP, she's going to be the commencement speaker May the 7th for Tennessee State University. And I will be there trying to give her a little memo. I'm going to need you to cancel the student loan debt, sister. <laughs> are you going to have it on a, uh, a post-it note? 
Um, yes, and on a shirt. And I'm just and I sent a call and an email. <laughs> so it's just like <laughs> look, I don't get it though. Like, look, hey, I, I need to be part of the ushers. Like, I need to write that on there. I'll put the sticky note on everybody. Just like, okay, y'all look down here and at the one, two, three. Cancel student loan debt. <laughs> now. Like, put that on there. We don't need it. Don't do it in 20 years, love. I need this now. Yes. Yeah. N-I-I. Now. Right now. Like, <laughs> guess what? If if we all band together and make it hard for her to leave up out of here, guess what? We all might be debt free. And guess what? Everybody doing a lap around the around the track. It's like Listen, I won't be there, but I'll do it. I'll do a shout. Hello. I'll do a shout right over here. Thank you. Thank you. So <laughs> that, that's the other thing. So you know, it'll be good. Um, and I'm pretty sure they'll probably have um the commencement. Um Typically, they have it live on the website of the school, and then they have since since she's of that notoriety, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you probably found it in other places on the web of what she has to say, and which I think it'll be good. Yeah, and yet I said right now on an orange sticky note, Hello. absolutely pink. Guess what? Pink and green. Since she's the AKA. <laughs> Yes, maybe she was like, whatever color gets it done. This must be sorority business. (laughs) You know, you know the people that you online that was your sorrow. They may still be paying. (laughs) You know, because Stacey Abrams talked about how much she's still paying. She's still old, so she's still old. I don't feel bad, honey. I I really don't. I don't. Guess what? We all in this debt ship. Yes, we are. You know, and so kind of just going into our next subject, um, our topic for tonight, uh, which we call Dear Mama. And, you know, it's it's because we Mother's Day is coming up next week. And like when we're just talking about Mother's Day, you know, we get to talking about our moms and all the things they've done and all the many hats they wear. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, and like so Tupac's song, Dear Mama, is like, you are appreciated before everything you've done. And the reality is the things we don't know you did. You know, so and I know Renee knows all about that because she is a mom. And there's stuff yeah. that her her child don't even can't even compute the amount of things she's done and sacrificed. For you know, and like one of the things that we talked about, like the mini hats of being a mom. Uh, I had a little list of that, but I think Renee, you could probably add on some stuff because like I wrote down a taxi cab driver, yeah. cook, maid, a butler, a nurse, a lawyer. These are things my mom would tell us to me a lot of times. She was definitely my counselor. You know, yeah. what what other things you would you would list your mom as being like the long okay. banking trust? That's the long banking trust. <laughs> and if and you know, and if you have siblings, sometimes your mother is the referee. Very true. She's the judge, juror, and executioner. <laughs> you know, she definitely could be a short order cook. <laughs> you know, they definitely they are teachers and yes. stuff like that. For yes. that, I don't like my mama to tutor me. Per se, I didn't like it, but she definitely, I can remember the night. Because <laughs> they be so hard on you. They be they so hard on you. Only one right answer in math. 
Well, right. that's actually not true because now they be telling you all the other stuff they have answers to, you know. Exactly. And then, Lord forbid, you get it wrong because then say, see, I know you was in that class not paying attention because so you would have this question. It's exactly. Like, it was hard. I was paying attention. I know you. I know you. Advocate. Very true. Advocate. Yes. I, I know one thing with my mom, um, like she definitely was the person who would, she would tell me, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. And if you like, so if we're in a grocery store and I ask, what about this? But ask this person and don't worry, I'll be standing right here. And um, so she always was my advocate. I always knew that she was right there just in case somebody talked to me crazy. And now I can talk to anybody. I don't care. I might be nervous, but I'm going to ask my question. I'm going to say my say. Frenette, oh Lord, Frenette even says security guard, your bodyguard. That is very true. You run to Thank her. you. Thank you. She she is your squad. A squad of one, as I say. Sometimes yes. you don't need 12 you. What if you got that one good one? That is the she's definitely, you know, your ride or die. Yes. Definitely your ride or die. Um, and she she's your critic. I know, mm -hmm. at least with my mother. And um, I don't know if my sister is on here or not, but oh my God, coloring, this is why I hate coloring books. I, <laughs> I really did not buy coloring books and stuff like that for my son. And if he did, I'm just like, don't show him to your grandmama. Because, <laughs> <traumatized>. <laughs> man, let me tell you. So, you know, you got a little coloring book. One, if you went outside the line, she was just go tell you, it's, it's ugly. Like she was just like my mother, she definitely prepared me and my sister for the world with just like she did not sugarcoat nothing. Uh -huh. And some of my cousins, they in the chat too, they know they ain't cooking, did not sugarcoat Jack Dillard Squat. If it was not something that was cooked with sugar, it did not come from out of her. But so then you get to the point where it's like, okay, I colored in the lines. Uh -huh. Let's say I colored the street and I colored the leaves purple. She gonna say. When you seen a tree with purple leaves, <laughs> imagination. You can't win for losing. <laughs> she was not finna have you sitting out here delusional and stuff like. Well, you know, a tree can be purple. No, it cannot. You can have purple flowers. You can have purple flowers. You can have blue flowers. You know, because those are things that we actually see yeah. and stuff. But you color something that she didn't. Uh-uh, no. And let me tell you this. You would color something and it's dark on one side and then it's lighter at the end. What you was doing? What you was your doing? Your hand got was tired. Doing? Especially if it's dark on yeah, your hand probably got tired and you ran out. This not even for school. This is just supposed to be for enjoyment and stuff right. like that. It's just like, you know what? It is true once once a child, you put away them childish things and it's like hurry up and grow up because I ain't coloring nothing. So what nothing, you, nothing, what, nothing. What would you say your number, your number one hat is that you wear? Oh, um, probably um, now like uh, Uber Eats, Uber Uber Eats slash um, Instacart. Okay, that that's what I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make a Walmart run and I get in there and it's just like you know like I'm far enough away from the house I'm not going to mm -hmm. turn around and it calls my mama and I came here and I was like Corey, what, what, is, what do you want what's going on can you pick up me some hot chips what 
hot chips. You know the Cheetos, the jalapeno one. I see that. That's I ain't finna ride with you. What's the cart? I feel you. So it's just like Uber slash Uber Eats slash Instacart. Like all three of them. Because most people, you know, they drive, do the ride share. They do all, all three of them. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's like the number one right, right now. Well, right. now we Today. are going to bring up Miss Erica Freeman, who wears a mini hats. <laughs> Not only um, is she a... Uh, mom or and she i'm sure she is a driver a nurse she's a realtor she's a mompreneur so uh miss erica freeman unmute yourself hello Hi. hello this is erica. my friend and fellow fiscite hbcu alone so hbcu in the house you know we represent tonight <laughs> Yeah. And we were just talking about the mini hats that moms wear. And so my question to you, just getting started, what would you think your number one hat would be? Number one, uh, definitely bank, money, <laughs> uh, advocate, hmm. big advocate. And I think those are probably my main two. Those mm-hmm. are my big two right now, I feel like. Definitely in the mom banking trust. My bank. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? And this, this is for both of y'all. Like, because your kids are a little bit older now. When they were younger, what would you say the 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 hat you wore the most? Probably teacher. Trying mm-hmm. to teach them, yeah. um, stuff for school. But you know why this is. It's why why we don't do this or why do we do do this, you know, whether it's in the house, at school, somewhere else. So it was definitely like just teaching, mm-hmm. just constantly teaching. Yeah, I would agree. Or like a guide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with your head, so you're on today to talk about motherhood and balancing, you know, being a entrepreneur as they are a uh, have they coined mom? I can't get this word right, y'all. Mompreneur. If I'm saying it wrong, please, you know, forgive me. <laughs> but I just had some statistics that I found about out about this, and it says uh, of the women-owned businesses, it's estimated that one in three is owned by moms, uh, and that actually translates to about four million uh, businesses, which is amazing when you think about it. Like moms are out here really doing their thing. Um, of that, forty, I'm sorry, fifty-seven percent uh, of the moms that were surveyed are well, they're older, they're forty and older. So that's interesting. That mm-hmm. is very interesting. I, I'm wondering, you know, for you, is that because you get older, like you know what, I want to do something. I've all, you've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, or um, it, it was just something that you saw that you liked, and then you said, I'm going to go after it. Yeah. Um... I don't think I've, ne- I've I didn't grow up saying I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just mm-hmm. went on the regular path. Like I went to college and then thought I would get a great job. And, you know, it's been like when I maybe a couple years ago, mm-hmm. um, I realized that I wanted to take another path, a different path. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do something. I wanted to build something like on my own and for my yeah. family and stuff. And I felt like 
what for what I wanted to do and the things I wanted to have. And like, I needed to build something on my own because I wouldn't be able to do that like working for, cause they wouldn't, they wouldn't pay me. They would never pay me my worth and all of that. Yeah. So. I mean, the reality is, and it's not knocking a nine five because I have a nine five. Right. I, yeah. I check every two weeks. However, yeah. the reality yeah. is, their goal is not for you to for your family success. Their yeah. goal is for their family success, and they pay you for a day wages, but that's it. They aren't yeah. thinking about your future, and so you know, I definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah. And I didn't initially, I wasn't a full-time entrepreneur right off the bat. I still worked my full-time job, you know, like <laughs> while trying to build. And even now I'm still building, but yeah. I still worked my full-time job for like years while okay. trying to build my real estate. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And you are part of this great um, movement of Black women because Harvard Business Review um, found that 17% of Black women were in the process of starting or running new businesses compared to 10% of white women and 15% of white men. So we're coming out of that and we're just, of course, we are creators. So yeah. we're definitely creating our own path and, you know, it's great. And that's just to let you know, a lot of us, we're doing it. And even with Miyoshi and I, you know, although we do this podcast, you know, preferably it's going to take off and this is going to be one of the businesses. Exactly. <laughs> that is the hope. That is yeah. definitely the hope. That is yes. it. You and know, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll go ahead. I was just going to say, and for me, like, um, I'm someone, I'm always looking for like freedom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, trying to build my own business and stuff, I feel like provides more freedom, uh, freedom like with my schedule, like there's no cap on my salary and the money I can make is based on like how much work I put in. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm always just searching for more freedom in yeah. all areas of life, yeah. Okay. Um, and you know that, that survey that I read, it said that uh, 30, I'm sorry, three fourths of, of the entrepreneurs are mompreneurs, are actually the primary caregivers. And, you know, my question is how? Like, how do you balance that? And I think you maybe kind of spoke on it when you first said, like, you, you kind of didn't go, you know, full steam ahead in the beginning. But how do you balance, you know, being able to put in the work that needs to be put in and putting in the work, you know, for your, your kids? Um, that's actually one reason why I left. I ended up leaving my full-time job last year Okay, because I couldn't balance it. And I wasn't able to put all like hardly any energy into my building my real estate business because I would be tired from like everything mm -hmm. else I was doing. And so I had made the decision. I had came to a point where I was like, okay, I either need to quit the real estate or give it up because it's a lot of money to be a realtor <laughs> and mm -hmm. to keep your license. Or I need to go all in because I can't. I couldn't do it all. It was overwhelming. I couldn't do it. I couldn't put the energy into my business as well. So um, I guess it's just the way I am. I either got to be all in or <laughs> uh, I can't just give like a little bit. Yeah. Like, so that's one reason, because um, I wasn't able to balance it all mm -hmm. too much. So, um, and then with Jada, Jada's always first. So like, whatever comes at, like I balance her first. And right. then she's the priority. 
and whatever comes after that. I don't know, it just falls in line. I don't feel like I'm ever, I don't think it's ever really, uh, I feel like I'm ever really balanced though. Mm. Just do whatever I have to do. And I guess that makes sense because balance, it implies a 50-50. Yeah. Like you said, Jada comes first. But I think, you know, it sounds like you have been able to figure out what works for you. And so with Jada Jada being 70% or 60% and then your business being the 30 or 40, you've been able to balance in the sense of figuring out what works for you. I think that's that's pretty valuable. And what I liked about doing real estate is that Jada's old enough to where she was, um, she does stuff with me. Like I'm doing open houses, she's there with me. I'm going to view houses or do showings. Mm-hmm. She's there with me. Like she's helping me like uh, get footage and stuff. Like, yeah. you know, doing the tours, like, cause she's old enough. So I think that helps with it too. Like she's old enough to like, she's literally helping me to build my business. Like, <laughs> Yeah, she's invested. <laughs> you know, like so yeah. I think that's that helps too. Like yeah. she's not younger, so she's able to like help. So I think that helps me to I don't know. Cause that's why I like it too. Like she's there, she's right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have to like leave her, you know, like find, you know, like sitters and stuff like that. I think that's mm-hmm. a little bit harder. And that's probably why um going just kind of going back to, to the statistic that uh, 57% are 40 and older because you would think in general, people, when you're in your 40s, your kids, if you had kids younger, they are older. So you have, Mm -hmm. even if you don't have the time when you make the decision to change some things up, they're a little bit more self-sufficient. Right. Um, So you don't have to give like 90% of your time to them. You have to do literally everything for them. You know, yeah. and what I think is great, something that you said was that you realized you couldn't do what it is you wanted to do as far as always doing things with Jada and, you know, being able to give uh, yourself over to your business. So it was like something has to give, you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of times we kill ourselves trying to do it all. But it's like, how do you have enough time? You know, have you slept? No. Have you eaten? No. <laughs> like, you're going to pass out. We, we just passing out trying to crush dreams and goals, you know, so to be able to recognize, you know, yeah. that like, you know what, I'm going to switch some things up, you know, and to go all in that in the, in, in spite of fear. And I know I say that, so I'm speaking for you, but I can only imagine, you know, being like, you know, okay, yeah, I'm going to quit and we're going we're gonna to see how to right. do it. <laughs> we'll see what it do. Yeah. 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 Yes. And um, I think that it's, it's good. Um, Yetta, um, she's in the comment section. She is a mama, nurture, mom, <laughs> entrepreneur, and stuff. Um, but she's she's been an entrepreneur since 2011. She's like, it's definitely not easy, but it's worth it. And I kind of remember like um, when she kind of first started or whatever like that. Not just like we was talking all of the time, but I remember her... Um, She's my cousin coming to the house and, you know, was just talking about things that she wanted to do with um, one of our aunts and, you know, insurance and stuff like that. And, you know, a couple of years ago when I was living in Chicago, she's coming up there for a national convention and she's sitting on the board and stuff like that. So, you know, you it's great awesome. that you see all of this taking place and, it, and that it's happening. Also, um, 
Forbes.com said that of female entrepreneurship, 42% is black women and new businesses. Mm -hmm. And I watched a, um, a documentary talking about the new, um, like elite, they're black. And these are all people, they were like black owned mm -hmm. businesses and they, you know, they employ their own. And a lot of them, you know, they still try to circulate their money within black communities, you know, trying to um, buy products and goods and services for their home or for themselves, even if it's for physicians and stuff like that. You know, they definitely was trying to go to spend their black dollars there. So, you know, it's it's great. And I have another cousin. Um, she too, she's not in her her third, she just kind of just tipped over in her 30s. But um, you know, she had did some other things and now she's a realtor full time and she has two kids, they kind of like preteens, but then she just had recently had um a child, a, a little baby boy, but you know, it gives her that flexibility and like, she's killing it. And obviously, you know, looking at it, it was just like, we as black women are more likely to, to start new businesses and you still have those roles at home. You know, right. you're the mama, you still, you know, for those that are married, you have your marital <laughs> duties and all of that other kind of stuff. But, you know, we find the time and that we're doing it. And I think it's just like you said, is you want your time back. Yeah. Um, you know, you see a lot of people. I think the first thing to remember, though, for entrepreneurs, specifically even mompreneurs, I don't want to eat that word up again, but specifically for mompreneurs, um, you know, you put a lot of time into your business. Um, you probably spend more time with your business than you may have done for a nine to five. But yep. you know, having that freedom that if today something happened with your kid that you need, you know, have an emergency or a field trip or just we need to be together, you're in a position to be like, okay, well, that's what we're doing today. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was gonna ask you, is that like the freedom you're speaking to? Because yeah. You know, a lot of people, unfortunately, start businesses thinking it's just going to be easy. And I, oh, I'll wake up late. No, most mm -hmm. entrepreneurs I know, they wake up early. They go to sleep late. They're working on the weekend. They, you know, so way more than they ever had to do right. for another company. But that time put in allows them to have the freedom to, you know, if I'm going to go on vacation, I'm going to go on vacation. I have to ask somebody. Yeah. You know, it's a field trip. I'm going to be present. I'm going to be there in that moment. Um, yeah, and I just I think it's amazing. It is <laughs> again. I say I know anyone who's going into it. Like Yetta said, you know, it was not easy, but worth it. So that means it had to be scary, and it had to be times like, am I, am I, is this what I really want to do? <laughs> is this <laughs> really scary? Yeah, and because I've never, I've never had a business. Like <laughs> it's like learning from like scratch. Like <laughs> and even um, getting into the mindset of an entrepreneur, like I've always just worked, worked for people. It's a whole different mindset as an entrepreneur. So like, even that has been a challenge for me. Like it's a shift. Yeah. You have to make in, um, what do you, in the school what do you system. What do you say that mental shift is? It's like thinking like a business owner, like, like even I had like a social media, um, she was helping me with social media and stuff. And she was like, so what are your goals for quarter one? Quarter two is in. 
I never thought about that working for, uh, <laughs> you know, like I didn't have quarter one, quarter two goals. You went to work like, you know, like nine and four thirty. Oh, <laughs> oh, you so right. <laughs> you know, like I should have like. She's like, we're nearing the end of quarter one. You know, like, what's your goal? You know, like, I never, I just never thought about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, we're running a business. I never did it. So it's like, I don't know. It's been, it's been different challenges, but, um, and just having to step out of my comfort zone because I'm um, someone that likes to, you know, usually be in the background, kind of shy. But like, with real estate, I'm the brand. Like, it's my, yeah. it's like, I have to be out there. And so that's been a challenge for me, <laughs> putting myself out there, putting myself on camera, doing reels, and you know, like, yeah, what? Like, I don't, I've seen your reels, and they are you know, like, okay, you know, like, <laughs> that's, like, that's been a challenge for me, like getting yeah. out of my head, you mm-hmm. know, like, because I like anytime, like, like I've been here, like I've been holding myself back, you know, because like I just happen to get out of my comfort zone, and that's been challenging. It's a challenge. <laughs> Yeah, too hard. Like you said, it's, it's really what you're gonna put into it that's going to make your revenue, you know, increase. And then just being like, I have to be like, you know, outgoing, and that's not my my normal setting. <laughs> you know, like being outgoing and networking, and you know, like being it's almost like an alter ego kind of like that I have to create until it mm-hmm. becomes. <laughs> but I do feel like it's starting to. It's like a different part of me mm-hmm. that I'm learning. Maybe you should name it. Yeah. Maybe you should name your alter ego. Like, all right, so now I'm putting on, I'm going to say Sasha, because that's the only thing I can think of. Right, like, Sasha Fierce. But I'm about to put on Sasha, and Sasha yeah. about to go out here and wow them. So maybe think of, like, what you like. Or oh, whatever your club name was back in the day. That's, that, that's, that's <laughs> who it is, you know? And then even uh, just trying to build the business. I'm having to build from... You know, like build clientele, and that's been hard because I'm pretty, I'm impatient. So when things don't like work out quickly, or you know, like I'm like, man, this ain't working. You know, I give up. You know, but like having to just like stick with it, like okay, like you can do this, or like, like you can do hard things. Like it's hard, everything associated, but like you can do hard things. Like just having like that, my like. It's literally just mental. It's all mental. That yeah. that's been the biggest challenge for me, like my mindset and stuff. I would say I've heard most entrepreneurs say something similar to that. Like they would listen to ebooks and read books and they're still doing it because that was the biggest thing, like changing the mindset. Yeah. You know, whatever your mindset was to wherever it needs to go for you to excel. You know, like you said, I love that. I can do hard things. Yeah, I can do hard things. Yeah. You know, and it's dope that like no matter if things aren't moving fast enough, you haven't given up. Well, as long as you're moving and you're moving in a forward progression, that's that's always a good thing because eventually, you know, you're going to get over that hump or that slow spot because every, everybody does. And, and I can understand when you said that, you know, you have to shift in your mind because if you think about the school system in itself, it's, it, it preps majority yeah. of people to be to work for others that's why they don't teach entrepreneurship they don't teach about money or anything like that and go to school get an education so you can do these different things so that you can um work for someone else where some of the people who come from 
families that own businesses, they get that from home. So their mindset is totally different. So like when they're going to school, they just going to school to get education or right. whatever that degree is because their ticket is already written. So when you look at you've been indoctrinated with this thing for such a long time, it's not going to be overnight. It's definitely, I think, a lot of mantras, praying and just like, no, I, I got to change my mind you know, from here and listening um, to other people's stories. But I want to ask you this, um, because this is one thing that a lot of people probably don't think about when they start their own business and stuff. So about healthcare, what do you do now for healthcare? Um, for healthcare? So we have, uh, well, my daughter, she has T-care. Okay. She and she had it even when I was working. Like it was her secondary, okay, insurance. So it just went to her primary, right? And then when I left my job, I had a a medical card, like a H HSA, HSA. Okay, and I had a lot of money on there. So okay, I'd be using that. That's yeah, because a lot of times some people that could be something that keeps them from leave, you know, leaving, especially let's just say like if you have a child that special needs or you have health issues or yeah. problems, you know, because there's always, I think, different things that kind of get you out of that or like, what if this is a slow month or whatever, but my bills are still due, but my overhead is more this month than, yeah. you know, previous. So. I get depending on what what is your business, you know, but everybody have times where, you know, it's going right. to be up and down. It's not always consistent. And I was just thinking, like, well, what do you like? I'm pretty sure the fear is real because I can understand. Uh -huh. Like, well, we gotta took some time off and my check will be short. Like, I know. So, <laughs> what I'm doing, like, OK, I got to shift some stuff around, but I know. You know, the next check is going to be a regular check. And, you know, it gives you some financial security when you clocking in and clocking out. Right. Um, it's financial security, but that yeah. freedom waiting on that PTO slip to be approved. <laughs> even if you say it's for prepare the others, but am I need to be prepared for a write-up when I get back? <laughs> like, you don't have to worry about that whole dynamic, um, that piece. Or someone, I mean, manager's job are to manage you but some people over manage so let's just say that so you yeah. don't have to you know that's one thing you don't have to contend with you know and you know something renee definitely said about one um one month being better than the other um would you say that like do you try to like quote unquote live below your means so therefore you can you make a certain amount you put a certain amount to the side mm -hmm. um and therefore, if something happens, you'll make up for it in the end. Or is it like, how do you kind of manage that piece? Um, living below my means is always my um, my uncle told me that a long time ago. Growing up, you always live below your means. Like not yeah. you living at your means. That's because mm -hmm. when it means run out, it's told me to live below your means. So yeah. I'm always uh, you know. I believe that. I believe in that. Like I need yeah. to be able to save some money up, and if something yeah. happens, I need to be ready. Like yeah, like, like I they say, they indoctrinate us to not only live at means but above means. 
just like, well, if you could pay for it, no, 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 no. Just because I can pay for it, don't mean I can afford it. I'm like, guess what? what? This is what they're gonna say. <laughs> you can pay on it. Put it on a card because this is probably like the only country on the planet that has figured out some type of way, as I say, it's the American way to profit off of people's debt. Where other countries, if you in debt, ain't nobody touching none of that. Like you in the hole. Like, and you got to get up out the hole. Like, it's for real money that they make money off of, not I owe you money. Right. I had a co-worker who moved here. This is kind of like a squirrel moment, like, off the topic. But I had a, a co-worker who I worked with here when I uh, moved to Atlanta. He was talking about how he had just moved to the U.S. Um, from Eritrea. And he went to Macy's to buy something. And they offered him a car. And he was like, no, but I have the money now. And they're like, oh, but you don't have to worry about paying for it. And he could not yeah. get the idea because he's like, but I have the money. Right. <laughs> he, was like, he, he was like, I'm just like, well, why do I need to get this card if I have the money? And, you know, as Renee said, it's so, it's so indoctrinated into us that the idea of living below your means, that don't mean you living in squalor. It just means I know that I could go ahead and I can buy this and I can, you know, but mm-hmm. why would I do that? when I want to make sure I'm in a position that if there's an emergency or there's something that I really want to spend the money on, I have yeah. it and I don't have to go and use the code. Now, mind you, I do have credit cards and I use them. Yeah. I do having that, I think that is a great mindset to have because you can live up below your means and be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. just means, yes, you, there's certain things that you can get qualified for that you could purchase, but you're mm-hmm. saying, no, I would say Warren Buffett is a million dollar house. <laughs> exactly. I will drive mm-hmm. this uh, Nissan yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I will have my money sitting on the side and stacking. Yeah, I've had my car forever just because I don't want no car note. Like, right. Trust me, when I had to get a car note, I was sickly. Because my, my plan was it was going to be Corey's car. It was just mm-hmm. like, okay, this is a good car. I wasn't going to have to buy nothing. I was going to get me something else. So I knew that was on the horizon. But then when they said, oh, it was flames coming from it. It was just like the Plane. My plan, it was the car caught on fire, girl. So I mean, like, the plan literally went up in a puff of smoke. You're I was so like, sad. This ain't do it. That's about it for me. <laughs> this ain't nothing but yeah, <laughs> How long did you have your car though? Um, I got the car in 2004 and um it quit on me 2019. Yeah. See, I got mine in 2019. Yeah. See, that is a win-win. Your car did its job. No, it didn't because it had another job to do. You you were like, no, no. Every time I see somebody with a car that was just like, I was like, see them. <laughs> see, that's why you said, no, no, ma'am, I can't do this no more. We're going to have to blow up because if I don't blow up, she's going to keep me going. Right. It's time to take right. me out. <laughs> well, I had asked Yetta in the, um, um, just to give some attention to to um, our listeners, um, I asked her was like, how did you balance your life earlier on with the family and starting a business? Because I know at that point, um, her kids were were smaller, younger, you know, under the age of eighteen. Now everybody grown. And then she was like, balance the kids definitely has been a secretary, photographer, advertising, marketing, etc. 
And there was a time that it took a toll in my marriage and mama duties because my business became my baby. So I dedicated a lot of time and energy. And again, it's been worth it. Balance is very um, important. And I and I can honestly say probably having a good mate as well, because sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. people, they can't, and I had know. One. Yes. And then I asked, um, has it gotten better since the kids are older now? She said, now that they're older, they have each started their own businesses as well as working and going to school. And I think that's, that's also great in itself because they saw her because mm-hmm. they was older enough. They wasn't like little tiny children, but they was older to see like, hey, guess what? If she can do it, I can do it. But you see what goes into it. So I think it creates that next generation of entrepreneurs and business owners and things of that nature. Now, granted, some some people, depending on what you want to do, you you definitely may end up working more for someone. Let's say, like, if you go into the medical field, you want to be a nurse or whatever. Now, granted, you can do contract work and you can do that, but still just getting experience sometimes is that. Okay. Same thing like with a physician, they do start their own businesses, but some sometimes because they don't yeah. So much so much of focus is, is put on one thing. It still may take some time before you open up that business. So right. you have to get that practice. Yeah. yeah. You know, see yeah. How they run the business out it. Yeah. yeah. And 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 running a business is not for everyone. That right. part, I do know that that's not everybody's goal or everything that they want to do because they they understand it's so much of other stuff. And sometimes some people, they know that's not my forte. Like I rather just, you know, do this one thing and then come on back or whatever, which is, which is great. Um, yeah. I have a question. I'm kind of piggybacking off what Renee said, you know, with, well, yeah, well, actually what Yetta said, do you, um, because Jada comes uh, with you to the houses to help you set up and do pictures, uh, does she talk about you know business business ideas for herself? Like, what do you hear her conversation? So you know, Jada had a business. She did. Butters and stuff even before I had. Okay, yeah. Um. So she definitely wants to be an entrepreneur, but she's a creative, so she's a yeah. She all over the place. It's a lot she want to do, but. She does. She wants to build her own. I understand. Own brand. <laughs> I understand that it's a lot that I want. Yeah. <laughs> so she wants to build her own brand, mm-hmm. her own business. She does, and so that's what I love. I love that. Like she's right there with me, and like build, I feel like she's literally building with me. Like she is. Editing the videos. She takes pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, she does all that stuff. And the great thing is that she'll be able to learn. Yeah, so she'll be able to apply certain things with her business, and even like how you said with the mindset. She may not be up late at night with you doing certain things, but she right. knows, she knows like okay, this is what it takes. Yeah, she sees me like she sees me building something. Exactly, exactly. And I, some people are like I want to build a business, and it's like you don't know the work. Yeah, it's not just well. I'm gonna wake up and all right, let me make my hundred thousand dollars sales today. And I know. And and I think a lot of times people they do think that it's truly is overnight success because. This is when you first learn of this person, right? Once they have blown up, but as to say, you have like some people they've been they knew before all of this, and they knew it's just like, look, I had gave up on this person four to five thousand times, you know, <laughs> and I got back on board and stuff. 
because they have been there through the the entire process it kind of reminds me of the song mystical the rapper he was like 11 years 14 years and it was just like it took him 14 years before you know everybody ended up knowing who he was where it's just like you just found out about me 14 minutes ago but i've been in the studio i've been working i've been doing this for quite some time and i and i think for most people it is it it takes that that time um for stuff to 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 transpire and before everybody everybody knows you and stuff right. like that so um persistence um i definitely would say that's that's pretty much what everybody you know you definitely have to be persistent and just not give up on yourself and i think that's just for whatever it is that you're trying to pursue yeah um and consistency you know discipline that's been a struggle for me that's a challenge mm -hmm. for me like sticking with things like being being consistent <laughs> like right now i haven't even posted on social media for weeks because i just needed a break <laughs> you know like being consistent having that discipline like um like literally having to create a schedule for myself because because like i didn't have a schedule so i was just kind of and in the beginning just kind of like just doing whatever like winging it yeah so like it's like okay <laughs> we need a time block that's what they tell us when they say you need a time block like okay during this time i'm gonna do this you know from 7 a.m i'm gonna get up do my morning routine from 8 to 10 i'm gonna make calls from 10 you know like still putting yourself on that schedule to uh -huh. stay consistent and be like disciplined that makes complete sense because there's so many times i say today i'm gonna do all this and i look up at three o'clock and it's like well um Anybody yep. else, I, I can maybe call two people <laughs> one appointment and make one appointment at this point because they're getting ready to close or this is the time that they really don't start answering uh, phone calls and stuff. Yep. So that makes sense because your time mm -hmm. the day goes by. I swear I got off Saturday morning. I was like, dang, the weekend already over because I had thought about everything I needed to do. And then I don't think I did much on Saturday. So <laughs> it's tired, but that the day goes by so quickly. Especially when you like are free, like you like it's nothing. So it's like it just goes. There's no wrong. supervisor this yeah. that that that's monitoring your time. So yeah. it's like right. if you don't get yet. Hey Erica, did you make that file yet? Like nobody's doing it. Right, you have deadlines to meet, mm -hmm. and so and I guess that that's kind of like the plus and the minus part of it because you you don't have to feel that pressure, but you have to put the pressure on yourself because right. if you don't do it. No, the only person that is hurting is you because your your consistency and what you're putting out turns into dollars, which turn into your 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 right. your livelihood in order to make your household run and stuff. And so so I can I can only just imagine. So I guess you know you still have those job stresses, but it's just in a it's coming from a different point. Yeah, where it's like, no, I ain't got to worry about no jacked up supervisor. But guess what? My jacked up supervisor gonna make sure it's there, and as long as I'm clocking in, this check go come. But it's like, what is right? Because it's like having to keep yourself on test. Like if I don't do the work, I don't, I don't get no money. But mm -hmm. like, I mean, you know, I can do it. That money coming. That money coming in every two weeks. You know, like regardless. So that's part of the mindset shift too. Like. 
No. Yeah, said, accountability is everything. So it's procrastination. Do it tomorrow. Yeah, so you can't be like, like I, that's true because at a nine to five, you're like, you know what? I'll be productive tomorrow. Right. And you'll still get paid for that day. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, you'll be like, I'll be productive. That's a day. That could be a day of money that you could have made and now you didn't make it and now you're trying to make the money you could have made yesterday today. Yep. You know, wow. That's a lot. I had That's someone a lot. once tell me, and I think it's true. It's probably very true for entrepreneurs. It, it wasn't about um, that. It was actually about training and eating right, exercising. But what she told me was sometimes you have to mother yourself. And mm-hmm. like as a mother, you like, it's 8 o'clock. Like, I had an 8 o'clock bedtime, y'all. It's so funny because my mama tells a story that I couldn't tell time. But my bedtime was 8 o'clock. So it didn't matter what time. You asked me, what time is it, Yoshi? It was going to be 8 o'clock. That's the only time I <laughs> But as a mother, my mom would be like, okay, it's time to go to bed. Oh, well, first, time to brush your teeth, take a shower. You know, it's time to go to bed. It's time to get up. And it's like, I'm, I'm kind of connecting it like as being an entrepreneur. So now she was like, so you have to tell you, okay, now it's time to get on the treadmill. Now it's time to food prep, you know, and it's like, you're going to have to mother yourself. So yep. in that, it's like you have to literally manage, supervise yourself to make sure you're getting those things done. Yep. And I think not just being the mom and entrepreneur, I think sometimes it's just still just being the mom in itself because you're doing these things that your mom did for you to your child and making sure, guess what, you're doing these different things. And then you get tired, so you get them settled down. And a lot of times, it's stuff that you don't, you ain't even do for yourself. Like, did did you brush your teeth before you went to bed? I can't. I would say you this. It'd be plenty of times. I don't don't even think nothing of it. Mm -hmm. This is like, I'm just trying to hurry up and get in this bed and get to sleep. Because when you was like, 8 o'clock, go to bed. Baby, I wish. <laughs> well, that was a long time ago. Now I don't know, but it's like my now. I wish somebody would like go to bed. It's eight o'clock. Go to listen, bed. Listen, listen. So let's pass your bedtime. I can't stay up and finish this work. No, okay. <laughs> it's like now I can I can stay up as long as I want to do whatever it is that I want to. So this adulting thing sometimes it can be very daunting because you almost do need that, and I think. Some of those people, as I say, that um, I definitely do know and believe that success is directly proportional to discipline Mm -hmm. because you definitely, it's going to be hard to be all over the place and still be successful. If so, you can be all over the place, but you definitely going to have an organized team Mm -hmm. to be able to to organize your day, but just you by yourself. I, I I just I, I, I it's hard to see that because how can you focus on one thing? It's rough. Yeah, it's yeah. doing a lot of challenges too. I've had a lot of challenges alone. <laughs> along the way. <laughs> so I have a question, and really, both of you can answer this question. You know, what would be your definition? Um, your idea of mom? What was it, and what is it now? Like. This is what I thought it was, and this is what now I find that it is. Mm. Um, I thought a lot about that question. I think initially when I thought about, okay, what is a mother? Definitely like a dictator because, you know, 
coming up. It was just like, but why? Cause I said so. And that was the end of it. So, you know, it was just like, you know, when you think about it in terms of true dictatorship, it was just like, don't ask no question. You just do. And then you realize like, hey, it is so much more than that. But I understand why you tell your kids because I said so because you don't have the time really to sit down and explain to them and it is so far above their little head that they can comprehend you don't have time and it's just better be like get on out my face shut up do what I said do and it's just like because I can't tell you how many times I told Corey why is your mouth moving because what I told you to do didn't require talking <laughs> And it's just like, go on. And it's, you know, sometimes it's just like, oh, I wish I wouldn't be like that. But it's like, you have to, because otherwise you got to get stuff, got to get stuff done. And when you don't have no nanny, somebody <laughs> else, <My> nanny. you know, <laughs> yeah, because I, I'm hats out to them people because they, they don't have to deal with their children on 24 hours a day. And I don't think like they really have to think about Guess what? I'm hungry, but I already know what I want to eat. They don't want to eat, and I don't want to cook two meals a day, or I got to figure out whatever something is. So I definitely think, like, what I thought mothering was into what it is, it was like day and night. Mm. It's, it's Because you... You know, it's kind of just like if you're in management, you don't know all what's going on in the background until you become a manager. You right. just know you're a worker and stuff ain't working right or it is working right. So yeah. it's like once you become a parent, it's just like, this is what this thing is and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I used to go back and I was like, Mom, I'm sorry. What you sorry <laughs> Just know I'm sorry because it's like I ain't going to tell her what I'm sorry for because I don't know. My mess around put me on point. but it's it's definitely it's definitely something different than what i thought i i would say i thought the same um yeah just kind of providing you know disciplinary you know like but it's it's so much more like i think of myself now as like a guide for her not a dictator, but like I'm just here alongside her. She's living her own life and making like, but I'm like a guy. Like I advise her, you know, and give her my wisdom and stuff. But it's not my life; it's hers. So I'm more of a just alongside her, like helping to guide her through. Like that's how I see myself now. How was it? How are you able to uh, come? to that point because I think that's something that's very hard for a lot of parents where it's like, this is not my life, it's yours. <laughs> it's like, this is the thing that I want for you, you know, which I get because as a parent, yeah. you, you want great things for your 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 child and you see certain things in them that you can see that they right. do and you don't want it, you know, having to be able to back off. So like, how, do you feel that, I guess, and then this, I'm at, this came up in my mind just now, like being an entrepreneur, helped you because you were in a different mindset when it came to like, well, this is her life? Um, I feel like I came to that like a couple years ago. I started thinking about it that way as a parent. Because um, I, like, I feel like as children, we know, we kind of know what we want to do in life and stuff. And then we kind of lose it because like we're being told, like you should do this, you should do that. 
But I feel like when we're younger, like instincts, like we know. And so like, I don't want her to lose that. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like I lost, I don't know. I lost that. And I feel like a lot of adults lose that. Cause you yeah, know, I agree. society like, okay, this is what I should do, but I don't want her to lose that. So that's what, so that's when I like kind of shifted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's her life, you know, like, of course, I'm going to advise her and be like, I don't think that's right. Or like, even when it comes to like dating, like I'll be like, oh, I don't like that guy. But I I don't ever tell her, stop dating him. Or like, yeah, you already know that's going to be your brother, your son-in-law. I let her they ain't going to never do it. it. They ain't going to never you know? stop. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So it was just kind of, that's when it kind of shifted for me. Like, I don't want her to lose that. I think that's important. Because yeah, a lot of people are in our age and above who are searching for that voice and what yeah. they're not supposed to do. And it's because that voice and that knowing yeah. has been shut down and quieted. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just now starting to tap back into it, like at 40. You know, like in my 40s, like, what is it that I want to do? Or, you know, like I lost it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and even I had her at 23. So all of my focus has been on Jada, like this whole time, like there's yeah. been no focus on me. So now I think that's part of like why I'm on this journey and stuff too, because I'm finally like, what do I want to do? You yeah. know, like, what do I like? Like, what do I really want? What do I want? What do I want my life to look like? And now that she's getting older, I feel like it's a little easier for me to like, okay, now the focus is back on <laughs> Let's bring it back a little bit. Yeah. You know, like let me reclaim my time. You know, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's why I'm at this point too. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. trying to get back to like you, you hit on like on some good points and stuff because I think with certain things when you said about with a relationship, like you just you've been in enough of relationships and you just kind of know it got to play itself out, yeah. especially if you know you want it to end. And it's like if the least amount of resistance, the quicker that it will end. Um, don't date him. What's they gonna do? Push her straight. <laughs> exactly. Like that's what I said. That little boy he gonna end up being your 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 son-in-law. Like if you don't right. like, uh-huh. everybody, it's it's me and you against the world. Now they wanna be right. right. Now. And it's like, you know, years say, why nobody ain't telling me? You don't remember when I jacked you up over there in the corner and was like, leave that little boy alone? No. I didn't, I didn't hear you say that. Like that's all I was saying. But but when you when you said like your voice and stuff is kind of silenced silenced because you do become a parent, and I think sometimes because parents you have knowledge that your child does not know, and it's almost just kind of like. I want to put like bowling. I want to put the guardrails up so you don't veer off. Now you might bump sides or whatever, but I want you to stay there where there is a lesson in going in the gutter. You know, you come out on the other side and then you can try it again. But um, there's a um, a physicist or whatever near the the grassy. He said that with his children, you know, you see them, they're about to grab the cup 
and they're going to spill it. He said, but as parents, you quick to be like, wait a minute, let me, let me, no, let me get this. He was like, what is it going to hurt for them to spill it? He was right. like, they're going to learn something in that. So if you let some things, and he was just like, some things you can't, he was like, you just can't let them just do right. it. He was right. definitely yeah. adamant about that. But he was like, especially when they're young, he was like, they're in exploration mode. This is a whole new world to them. They don't know how stuff works. They don't know that, guess what? If I literally flip this cup right. upside down, what's in it is going to come out. He said, and do you not know, there are so many people in this world, they ain't never spilled nothing. Hmm. Mm. And it's just like, and it is not until you anxiety uh, and fear. Because yeah. we don't want to spill. Since I've never spilled, I, now I really don't want to because it's and when the you end of the world. world. It's the end of the world when you do spill. Yes. And if you do, it's just, you know, you got everybody in the house. Now, why you do that? And this costs this amount of money and stuff like that. And it's, I don't know if y'all seen that little video where this little girl, like the mom, show her with the drink. And like she pouring it and then she just let her do it. And like, but you can really see like this little girl is trying to figure it out. It's like, I've seen these big people in this house a million thousand times pour stuff in here. Ain't none of her get on this cup. And then like one point she looked like, it's on the floor. Like, I'm in her cup. She like, okay. So, you know, yeah. like you said, you know, you have people responding if you go to comments because I saw that one and she's actually she did one with like a um a light, I guess, grape juice. Then she did one with a dark one. I don't know why. I guess people freaked out more with the dark one because it's saying, but the comments, people are like, oh my god, the stress watching her do it. So, like you said, it's like even watching somebody else waste their money and trying to pour something in a cup is completely stress people out just watching it. And I think that does speak to that mindset of it was the okay. forbidden thing to do. Like, Don't literally, just so you turn over this this jug and if and everything comes out, everything will be fine. But people talk about, oh my God, the stress. Look all that money down the drain. She don't know what she's doing. Why and it's like, y'all, it's a bottle of of grape juice <laughs> and, and honestly like if it was just that that big a deal like the mother like because some people they don't have no money to be wasting nothing if that was the case guess what she would have never get a child that juice to start <laughs> off with to pour it and as far as we know it could have been water with food coloring in it and it, they had already drunk up the welch's grape juice because at first the first time i was like oh wait they they drinking the good juice and she just letting her <laughs> just spill it you know <laughs> but but when i thought back on to what he was saying you know a lot of times we as parents we we silence the creativity we we silence the science or the wanting to know how things work and stuff because it's like uh-uh don't touch that don't do that it was like no i'm not gonna let my child touch no hot stove because like that it's, it's right. not worth that lesson right you know so he wasn't just saying well let them do any and everything like you definitely you ain't sticking that fork over there in that socket because I already know this this is a one-way trip to glory. <laughs> you know, like, uh-uh, we definitely not doing that. But you can, like, silence them because mm -hmm. they, they don't know. And me and my son, we was having a conversation about 
you know, his ex-girlfriend and stuff. And he was just like, well, mama, I was like, it had to play itself out. I said, it did. I said, that's why I didn't pressure you or whatever. And I was like, you right on track. It take black folks good to you just to break up, break up. Right. And, you know, around about 11.5 months, it's over. <laughs> You're like, we've been breaking up for a long time. We've been He's right on track. Girl, it's in our DNA. You just can't, can't be just done with a word. <laughs> so, Double back a few times. <laughs> yeah, but just like I told him, I said, how would you know what you want and what you don't want and what you're willing to stand for had you not went through those things? I said, it's all right. Yep. I said, you it's all right. Yes. So um it, it is hard because because you have that knowledge, you know. Yeah. The foresight and you don't been there and you don't want them to walk in certain places where you walk in, in your shoes in, in in certain instances. So it's it's hard, but I think you just can't be one of those people just hands out where just let them live their life. Guess what? Then your child list ain't gonna be nothing. Like you right. you still have to rear them. <laughs> yeah. You know there's there right. has to be and some like type what accountability. About guiding, like being yeah. that guy. The guy doesn't mean you just walking hand in hand to the fire. It means I'm, I'm gonna guide you. Hey, there's a rock right there. Yeah, it's like, watch out, watch out for that. You know, like, yeah, look at that rock. You gotta step up. I was you, but hey, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, and eventually they get tired of hearing, I told you. Right. I told you. Because one thing about it is, as being a parent, you do have to get some of, I think, some pullback was just like you know what you go do it anyway so guess what but i'm gonna be right here as soon as mama what? you know what happened oh i, I already know and i and i'm going in i'm going in i'm going all the way into the dome like guess what but because you love me and you know i got your back I'm the first person you want to come and tell. And guess what? You still go come and tell me until you just be like, you know what? I've been just trying to do right with this life that God gave me because my mama read it. Her mouth already said, see that I told you. Oh, just I just had it. I'm disappointed, disgusted, and I'm mad at y'all. It was, <laughs> see that I told you. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I had one of them conversations that night with him. I sound just so disappointed. So yeah. you know, it's been tension in the house. <laughs> yeah, it was when he was like, "That's that's so and so, mama." <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, a good woman slash mother is a superhero with or without and outside support. There is no guy or reality parenting. You hang in there and ride the waves and listen and be there when when you are in disagreement. Yeah, and yellow. She also said, I came in with all hit, all hell breaks. It was like, Yeah, I told you so. I already know she's channeling her daddy's spirit. Be like, Man, I was waiting on this. I've been waiting. I done rehearsed this thing up in my head 50 limb times. Like, Oh, yes, this is my moment. This is my moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have one final question for you. Um, what is what would you what advice? would you give really to anyone who's an entrepreneur or thinking about stepping into entrepreneurship? 
um, and specifically to any mom that's thinking about doing that. <laughs> For those who's listening, if you can see her face, that is what I'm like, I don't know what I'll let me let me let me think about this before I just give it off. I know straight no chaser. Man, oh, advice. Like something you wish somebody would have told you, maybe. Oh. Uh, to some to a mom that's thinking about starting yeah. on an entrepreneur journey. Yeah. I would say. This is what they always tell me. Come up with your why. Think about like why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And always have that like post, even post it somewhere if you have to. But really think about your why and go deep. Like when you think you're going deep, go deeper. Like mm-hmm. what is your why? Why do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. And like, cause that's what's gonna keep, that's what's gonna keep you like you always have to remind yourself because it's really hard. So I would say that. Go I, deep. I like that, that, that go deep, go deeper. Go deeper. <laughs> yeah. Like how kids are. They say why? You ask the question. But why? And yeah. Like, yeah. Like keep going. <laughs> That's what my coach, I gotta really say coach. And he be getting on my nerves, but I know he be like, it be, it be right. But he'd be yeah. like, why? And I'd be like, so and so. He'd be like, because he'd be like, why you want freedom? Mm. And I'm like, because, you know, like, I want financial freedom, wealth, blah, blah, blah. He's like, why? Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, because so and so. And he'd be like, why? <laughs> like, and it just be going deeper and deeper. And it's like, get down to like, you know, even get down to childhood stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, therapy. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like money, you can have a thing with money and all that stuff. But just think about like your why. Like really go deep with like why you want to do it. Because you have to, you have, you're going to have to revisit that to stay with it. Because it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. So you have to remind yourself. Like why, why am I doing this? That's good. I mean, I'm thinking now because like me just being in school right now, like, trying to figure out what's the next step. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I probably need to ask myself why. So why do you want You don't remember that. It's not just about having money. Like, for me, freedom is peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you don't remember in the video when we was thinking about this podcast and it was like, you got to think about your why. Why do you want to do it? Mm-hmm. And all of that. And so when she said it, was like, I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's my goal is to is that I just want peace. Yeah. To me, freedom, having financial freedom and and all that freedom brings me peace. Yeah. Freedom of your time. Yeah, freedom of my time. And I just want a peaceful life. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Well, Erica, tell the people, where can they get, how can they get in contact with you? Like, where where are you? Um, Follow me. I'm on IG, TikTok, Facebook. I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn, but, like, I'm not on there as much. I'm going to have to, 
I have to tap into LinkedIn. I've been told since I'm in real estate and stuff, but I need to really tap into that. But I'm mainly my main things are Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. And, and then, I'm sorry. Um, I was gonna say you're located in Tennessee. So yes, if anyone's looking yes. for a house in Tennessee, hit her up. Email, yes. social media. I told y'all her reels out of bounds, so y'all need to follow her. Right. You can subscribe to my newsletter. Yes. And I don't send out a lot. I just send out once a month. Oh, I'll flood your timeline. I mean your 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 inbox. This once a month. I think they're pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. And you can subscribe on my website. You can set up a consultation on my website. Like anything you need is on my website. And for the listeners, can you tell them where they would go? For the website? Well, for the listeners, because they can't see what we're posting. Oh, yes. www. Erica Freeman. E-R-I-K-A. It's Erica with a K. F-R-E-E-M-A-N dot com. Yes. Follow her people. Follow her. Yay. This is a great conversation, guys. Thank you for having me on. Well, thank you for being here with us. Yes. Thank you very, very much. I, I've, I've completely enjoyed it. It definitely, like Renee said, it brought up something that although I know or have heard it, sometimes you need to hear things again because, you know, you have a seed planted and it's watered. But it needed some more water or it needed to be put in the light. You know, <laughs> let's, let's help this seed continue to grow. So yeah. definitely um, gave some good tips and we just completely appreciate your time and being a part of us, a part of the 45 today with us. Um, <sighs> Renee, hit up Erica when you're ready to buy your house. Everybody else in Tennessee, when you're ready. You can do all this in the sea. She travels. She have a car that's still working. <laughs> right. And still work. Over 200,000 miles, but we rolling. Listen, listen. It has not blown up. <laughs> so it is doing the job. <laughs> I do not want no car. No. I know, right? Maybe <laughs> both. I'm like, Lord, just let it last a little bit longer. Mine is a uh, 2011. So I got a little bit more time. You got a lot more. Don't say a little bit. Say a lot more. Yeah, a lot more. A lot more. A lot more. Yes, 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 God. Yes, God. <laughs> I remember I used to say when I first got my car, I was like, if I could just get it to 200K, and my auntie stopped me. She was like, stop saying 200K miles. Like, if it can go further, you want it to go further. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be, oh, be dang if that car ain't at 220 something thousand. She was like, don't, don't limit it. Don't, <laughs> don't limit it. We like uh, no limit soldiers. Don't limit. Okay. Yep. Yep. Well, Erica, thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, I hope Erica is like. I just want to put this out there. Erica is like one of our top uh, viewers. So her just coming on with us has been such a pleasure. She always gives great feedback in the comments. So we're like, for sure, please, please, please join us. So. We so appreciate you joining us today on this side of things. So stepping out of your box, we appreciate you doing that. Uh, And we just hope that you have a good week. And thank you so, so very much. And tell Miss Jada I said hello. (laughs) Will do. Bye, y'all. Bye. (laughs) Man, that was such a great conversation. 
Yes, it was. It was. Um, we're definitely going to have to have her back on just to talk about real estate, yeah. buying a home, like getting to like for real, like her business, because that is where the generational wealth can definitely occur. Occur, occur, not occur, occur. Oh, occur. Oh, okay. For for a lot of our listeners and different people, so we I definitely we talked about doing like a financial episode. And oh, absolutely, and absolutely. Like you said, real estate is a big piece. You know, real estate yes. And um, like I said, we got Yetta in in the com. You know, that's listening. She's a business owner. She does these medical massages and stuff like that which some people may not even just know like the the health benefits from those things so you know um we have we definitely gonna have to do something else with health care um self-care and stuff in you know those type of things like certain specific things that are definitely going to be beneficial so we have a lot of people that's doing a lot of stuff as i say based off statistics we probably know even more people that have small businesses or in the process of starting one and it'll be awesome to have her on because like we said at the beginning like we want this to be a community thing like you know this is a 40 spot where we can come together learn and grow um together and so to be able to bring on people who are faithful listeners even if you're not faithful (laughs) but she is but people who come on like this is a community and so Mm -hmm. for her to be able to come on and talk about what she does and the benefits um i think yeah i think that's a great idea that's that's all that's a a real good idea. But okay. now we're going to move into our birthday people. Yes. May 1st. Yes. So for your birthday people. Yes. Um, we have actually her birthday is today. She is a fellow podcasters, the winnings, the winner's circle podcast, Miss Tamika. Um, one of my cousins, she's not quite 40. She's a realtor. She's on mom mature. Um, Nateria, she's coming up. And one of my cousins, who is one of my sounding boys, Roz, and one of my bestest in the world, Nikki, 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 and Zeta. So she is having a birthday this month. And one of my classmates, Kevin, he is a health wellness you know, new business owner as well. We definitely gonna have to get him on talking about these these foopas and these flaps and stuff. Out. <laughs> so I would definitely like to wish them a very very happy birthday. Well, I have a few people. First on my list is Miss Audrey, my line sister, my soror, um, my my back. Her birthday is in a couple days. And then my cousin Alyssa, her day, her birthday is in a couple days. And then me, my birthday is May 12th. And it's going to be here before we come back together. So we celebrate me today too, honey. So oh, girl. Happy birthday to me. Mm, girl. This is going to be a year yes. since we was down there at the, at the, at the, at the Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. 
You was in a Puerto Rico. <laughs> yes, I know. For a year, honey. And I need a beach. Won't see a beach this year, but that's fine. I'll find something hopefully comparable uh, to that experience. Well, it probably won't be comparable to that experience. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> but I'm going to do something to celebrate my birthday. Hopefully, I can come back with a, a story or two from that birthday. But again, just happy birthday to everybody from the 40 spot. We would love to give people shout outs. Uh, for birthdays, so please just email us at the 40 spot the 40 spot at gmail.com so that we can give you shout outs um for your birthday it's it's a celebration and you don't have to be 40 for us to give you a shout out we just want to celebrate life together so please um do that also follow us follow us on facebook youtube twitter ig at the 40 spot at the 40 spot and everywhere you can get your podcast to follow us on there. And um, we want to let everybody know that um, with Spotify, you have to listen to a whole um, episode to be able to rate us. But I guarantee you, any episode, you will not be disappointed. You're going to laugh. You'll learn a little bit and everything. So we definitely want you to like, follow, subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notification bell. So then you know when we're going live, just in case, you know, you forget or whatever. We, we want to let you know. Um, also, you can always get the replay. Also, we have another birthday to just come in to uh, Yetta's daughter, Miss Quanisha. She's going to be 28. Happy um, birthday. Happy birthday. Yes. Oh, my God. Lord, Hammer is not real Jesus, but yes, she's going to be 28 years old. We definitely want to celebrate her and stuff. So her birthday is tomorrow. She'll be 28 years old. So definitely, yeah, let her um listen to the podcast, send it to us. Like, girl, they was giving you shout outs, <laughs> shout outs from Tennessee and from Georgia. Girl, let tell her to get her little friends and stuff like that. <laughs> And, and our family members and stuff. Y'all got to listen to this podcast and stuff. So we definitely, definitely thank everybody. Yes. Thank everybody for listening. As she was saying, um, subscribe, like us, subscribe, share us, comment, mm -hmm. send us emails. If you have any ideas for uh, topics, email us at, again, the 40 spot, the 40 spot at gmail.com. Uh, Two weeks. We come on every other week. Or not, yeah. Every, we come on every other week. So today is May 1st. Next time we'll be on May 15th. It'll be 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 uh, p.m. Central Time. We go live there. You can get, again, you can get us on Twitter, live, Facebook, or YouTube. And again, you can always get on, us on a re replay on all of those uh, platforms. Or you can go to wherever you get your podcasts. And like we say every week, we just thank you so much. Just want to end you with this. Make a life out of what you have, not out of what you are missing. And with mm -hmm. that, we say have a wonderful night. Uh, keep loving each other. Keep going. Be consistent. And we will see you May 15th. Y'all have a good thank night. You. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>